You're listening to A Thousand Wise. I'm Man Ling. Ice hockey, curling, speed skating, figure skating. I guess these Winter Olympics events don't sound strange to you. But have you ever heard of sports such as ice football or speed skating archery? In fact, they are winter sports that were very popular in ancient China, especially during China's last feudal dynasty, the Qing Dynasty, which lasted from 1644 to 1911. At that time, in the capital city of Beijing, a popular intense activity in the freezing winter was Bingxi. It simply means ice games. So Bingxi actually refers to various sports and recreational activities on ice, such as ice skating, ball games, archery, and even acrobatics on ice. Just imagine how fascinating and intense these ice sports were in ancient China. Back then, ice sports events were very different from what they are today. Actually, beyond games or competition, ice sports in ancient China were considered to be part of the performing arts, embodying not only fun and passion, but also imperial pride. There are several versions of stories about how Bingxi or ice games came into existence in China at the first place. A rather reliable version is that the Manchu people living in northeastern China were the major contributors to the development of the games. As some of you may know, the northeastern region is arguably the coldest part of China with long winters, mountainous and dense forests. So, the favorable geographical conditions helped the people living there to master some ice skating and skiing skills. Okay, so the story was that when the Qing dynasty founder Nur Hachi unified his regime in northern China, he recruited many young people who were good at ice skating and skiing, sort of building a special force to give him an edge in the winter warfare. They then began incorporating ice skating into military exercises. Then the emperor decided to promote ice skating to a new level. He wanted something big for those who were good at ice sports to participate in. It was designed both for entertaining and competitive purpose. Hmm, sounds like an Olympic-style idea. So in the beginning of 1623, an imperial ice sports meeting was held on the frozen wide river in the present-day Liaoning province in northeastern China. Major events included ice racing, dancing, ball game, etc. The game's contestants were soldiers, high-ranking officials, as well as imperial family members. This was the official recorded origin of Bingxi, or ice games, in the Qing dynasty. Since then, the tradition of hosting ice sports meetings was continued in the following years during the Qing dynasty, making the rather primitive ice sports more systematic. The peak area of Bingxi was during the rule of Qianlong, the longest reigning emperor in China's history. Qianlong loved ice sports so much that he even made Bingxi a national tradition. Remember, in the previous episode, we mentioned that there are six major lakes in Beijing. Well, during Qianlong's area, a grand Bingxi gala with more exciting events was held almost each winter on three of them.
Emperor Qianlong and his entire imperial family, officials and their families would attend and watch this grand sports event every year. So this is the real thing. Skillful ice skaters were selected to perform on the frozen royal lakes each winter. During the contest, skaters would protect their knees with pads and tighten their skates with cattlehide strings. The tools that the skaters used back then included double ice blades that could pick into the ice to achieve better balance. Racers would be equipped with thin, sharp blades. The events during the competition were super fun and exciting, and you can find that some of them were pretty much the rudiments of the ice sports events that you can see in the Winter Olympics today. For example, there's an event called Changdeng, which is similar to speed skating. The destination was set near the emperor's seat, which was an ice bed actually. And contestants first awaited about 1,000 or 1,500 meters away. When the race started, they skated very fast to cross the finish line. Another major event in the ice sports meeting during Qianlong's ruling was a ball game on ice. A mind-blowing event would be Zhuanlong She Zhu, which basically means to shoot balls while skating along a winding line. So yes, contestants were skaters slash archers. These talented players represented different teams. Before the game started, some gates had to be put up on the frozen lake, each with a colored ball hung from the frame. Then the skaters used bow and arrows to shoot at the balls as they skated by the gates. During this process, they also performed a variety of tricks to entertain and impress the imperial audiences. Prizes would be given to each team in accordance to the number of arrows in the balls. Qing court painters created a famed painting about the game. Wow, I guess these skaters and archers all had potential to be Winter Olympic champions. But these are not the most challenging games. There was an event called Da Hua Ta, meaning terrace skating. Only the most courageous warriors would be chosen to participate in the event. A huge ice slope about 10 meters high was built for the game. Participants would start from the top of an iceberg and then slalom downhill on the slippery surface. Those who were still on their feet when they reached the bottom of the hill were declared winners. So this was a little similar to big air, but only it was on ice. Besides all these, there were also ball games similar to football and rugby on ice, which not only demanded excellent skating skills, but also agility and courage from the players, as these events involved speed skating and were very physical. Here's how Qianlong described ice football in his Ode to Ice Games. Yes, he wrote an ode for his beloved ice games. Fierce competition begins the moment the ball is thrown in the air, and there's no turning back. The ball is thrown out like a pearl cast into the ocean. It aroused the actions of the players, 
like awaking packs of tigers from a slumber. They pursue the ball as if chasing the moon in the cold night sky, or running after a bright shooting star. Barely has the ball touched the ground, it's kicked up into the air again, like a dragon swirling nimbly in and out of water. Now you may have felt the beauty of ice games in ancient times and how much Emperor Qianlong loved them. However, for those who cannot skate, there were other forms of winter sports at that time, but with no less fun. For example, there was Ice Bed, an ice game leisure event. The beauty of this game is that as the ice bed was pulled along the ice, riders could imagine themselves riding through the Crystal Palace, the extravagant dwelling of Dragon King in the Chinese folklore. Having wrapped themselves in warm woolen blankets, they could also merrily enjoy some tea and wine for hours. Of course, you had to make sure you kept yourself warm. The ice bed was later widely used as a means of transport, and for the ice games that I mentioned above, they also became popular among commoners later. Today in Beijing, though most people would practice skating at indoor rinks, you can still see people having fun playing ice skating or ice games in parks outdoor. Though some of the adventurous games of tough Qing Dynasty warriors have remained locked in the annals of history, you can still see some people practicing different skating stunts skillfully, perhaps in search of inspiration from ancient skating styles. That's all for this episode of A Thousand Wise. This episode was written by my colleagues Li Yi and Zhang Tongtong and produced by Li Yi. Hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to give us a five-star rating. I'm Manling. See you next time.